Hey everybody, welcome back. It is a new week. Let me get the iPad up and going over here so I can make sure I'm able to acknowledge everyone properly that's coming in. Let me see, let me see. Make sure everything's going. How y'all doing? I hope y'all had a wonderful weekend. I know I did. I did a whole lot of relaxing this weekend, right? So, New week, new message, right? Who am I? I go by the name of Tornado. For those of you your first time joining me, come in to educate and inform from a faith-based perspective to encourage healing of the mind, body, and spirit that may have been damaged from abuse. If it's also your first time, make sure you click the three little dots down there. Give us a follow. Hey, Karen, how you doing? Um, I hope Chewy didn't keep you busy all day um hope you got to rest and he stayed in and did what he was supposed to do um so right new week new lesson those of you that have been with me before know that we come in monday through friday on gdt time that's god's divine time right because you can't rush it i just come in when the time says time to come in that's how we do it around here mm -hmm, true story so tonight we're talking about making the shift right i'm not going to hold you guys long i actually taught on this um hey natasha glad to see you um i actually taught on this earlier in our standing in the gap group and you know the Lord just uh, pressed on my heart the Holy Spirit he said you know what go over it again go over it one more time so uh, once I was off work I just emphasized you know went through added in a few more points to this talking about making the shift there is my wonderful and beloved mother clock how you doing mother clock I hope you had a wonderful day I just love all of y'all I really do Karen Natasha everybody that comes in you know I talk about y'all seriously um to different people you know at the prayer ministry like we hang out every day mm-hmm true story right if I can ever get any of them to come on the camera they'll be like yep I'm telling y'all I talk about y'all like we hang out all the time every day but I guess we do right virtually so that still counts right that virtual love that virtual family and a lot of you guys you know I talk to by phone text message video chat you know so hey it's family right so making the shift giving God something to work with and, and, and the thing that I expounded on and added to this, you know, after teaching this in the group, um, earlier today for Motivation Monday, um, is, is this really to me, hey, welcome Rebirth, so glad to have you. Um, as I think about this, make the shift, give God something to work with. And the thought that came to my mind was, right, you know, some of us drive automatics, some of us drive stick shifts, right? Uh, any of y'all drive a stick shift out there? I miss my stick shift. I have to um, admit, I had one in Florida, a hot red salsa that was actually the title, um, on the paperwork, right? Um, salsa red, right? VW Beetle. I just had to have one, but I ended up having to get rid of it because I realized in Florida, a Beetle is not roadworthy against those trucks and, you know, stuff like that. Because there was one morning when I was driving into work, I mean, and I'm flashing my um, headlights. I'm honking the horn um, on Little Red. That's what I called it, y'all, Little Red. I was honking the horn on Little Red and everything. But that 18 wheeler did not see me. I mean, we came like, like this and I had to boom, 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 and gun it all oh, Karen I oh I love the stick shift right and so as I'm thinking about this I was like man sometimes you know we have to give God something to work with sometimes we're in automatic we're automatic mode right uh, we're just going along because we know okay we're saying I have faith I'm praying uh, uh you know and I'm, I'm constantly praying but you know the shift isn't happening right but God's waiting on us to give him 
them something to work with. I'm telling you. So just like sometimes with that, you know, with that, not sometimes, all the time, if you're driving a stick shift, it's up to you, right? The car is going to do what it needs to do once you start shifting those gears, first, second, third. Sometimes you might be in fourth. You might have to clutch it and bring it back down to second real quick, right? I mean, I really did love that Beetle, Natasha, but in Florida, early in the mornings um, with me heading into Tampa, that car just did not work. No, no, no. I had to get rid of little Red. As much as I loved her with her custom leather cream seats inside of her and her little rim. Oh, I just, I really did like that car. But uh, she had to go. I had to get something to where I sit up high. So now um, I traded in that little salsa red beetle for big black. That's what I call a big black. Uh, my SUV so I could sit up high, right? Be eye to eye with those truckers, right? So, you know, but Big Black, she's a manual, but that's okay. But she got an overdrive button on her though. And sometimes the same way, when we're waiting on God, we got to hit that overdrive button. We got to say, and that overdrive button is, okay, what else do I need to do? Have I given God something, something to work with? Have I given him enough, right, to make that shift for me? Or am I still sitting in idle, right? Not really going anywhere. Do I need to give a little bit bit more gusto here, right? Because there's been times I know in my life, and I only speak for my own best example, you know, there's times when you may be sitting and you're just like, Lord, I really need you to move right now. I need a shift. I need this to happen. But it's like we're waiting, we're waiting, we're praying without ceasing. We're, we're going through everything. You know, it's like our faith is solid. We know because we know when we pray that prayer, we're already saying, bam, it's a done thing, right? Because we have to have that faith instead of steadily coming back. Because with that one prayer and that solid faith, that's saying, all right, God, I've prayed it out. I've laid it your feet. I've came to you at the throne room. I know you're going to make this happen. So I ain't got to keep coming back wallowing and rolling in the floor, whining about this same thing. Right. And, and, and we've been through all of that, but it seems like is, is heaven not hearing me. Hey, did y'all go on vacation up there? Lord, did you say, are you hearing me? Is the, uh, is the office of heaven closed? Can, do you hear me? Cause I've been praying. I've been waiting, but nothing's moving. I know I've been in that situation, you know? So then you get to that point where you're like, okay, well, last time I tried this. So let me try this. Right? So we start trying to remember everything that worked in the past. Okay. Did I fast for 12 days or seven days? See, that's where your journals come in. When I tell y'all write it down, Keep a journal track of everything. Not only can you go back and say, look what God did for me on this date when I took this to the throne room. You got a date for it to say, uh-uh, I prayed and I, I prophesied this over my own life on June 7th of 2014. And by God, look how it happened, right? That's how we do it. So we can use that, right, to grab a bullhorn and glorify God because that's all what that, that's, that's the main thing that it's about, right? Once he makes a, that shift, once he starts to move things, right? But uh, but when it's not moving, we'll start trying to think of everything that we did in the past. Well, did I fast for seven days? Well, what all did I do on the fast? What times a day did I pray? You know, we really start to try and recollect and saying, God, please don't be on vacation right now, you know, because I need you. And the thing here, hey, welcome, Milwaukee. I'm glad to have you. <laughs> the thing about it 
is, you know, here in America now, we become accustomed to that instant. I want it now. Have it your way. You know, we ain't even got to leave the house. I could pick up my other phone right now while on here with you guys and say, hmm, I want Panera. Okay, let me go bam, bam, bam. And Panera will be in my door in about 10 minutes. Hmm, I don't want to wait till tomorrow on Amazon. I want Super Express. I need that by morning. Let me go ahead and pay the additional $35.95 and I need Amazon to drop that in my door. You know, instant. We don't want to wait for anything, but we know if it's in accordance with God's will, he moves when it's time to move. Mm -hmm. That's how that works. I'm telling you. And there's nothing that anybody can do or say to convince me otherwise. It's just not right. We want God sometimes to move for us on our own timetable. And that's just not how any of this works. I, you know, if nobody ever told you that, I hate to break it to you, but that's not how any of this works. And y'all know that have been with me before. That's one of the sayings that I like to use around here, right? So, you know, there's <laughs> there been a time here, you know, I posed the question when we want God to move on our behalf, right? But it's like he's saying, but I need you to give me something to work with. I need, uh, I need, I've given you instruction. Have you take those, taken those instructions and done what I needed you to do with them, right? And so I'm going to base my text out of 1 Kings 17, right? And y'all know I love talking about Elijah. I've talked about him before. So we're coming out of 1 Kings 17, and I'm going to break this down through verses 1 through 16. So God, let's look at it here. So God has the way of giving us explicit instructions, right? If we will listen, it requires us to listen to him, right? We know when he speaks, sometimes it's not immediately. What happens often when we need immediate and immediate doesn't happen? We go into panic mode. And as I've taught on before, panic mode causes QCD. Mm-hmm. Quick chaotic decisions about probably about 75 scopes back. You can find that one. It may be further QCD in your life. Are you making quiet, calm decisions or quick chaotic decisions? Because God is not moving as fast as we want him to move. Right. But then also we have to remember to say, have I given him something to work with? Right. So let's look at Elijah here. The Bible tells us that he's a prophet from the land of Tishbe, right? He was commissioned to go and speak with the king, uh, speak with King Ahab and to tell him there was going to be no more rain or dew for the next three and a half years, right? At his word. So we know once he delivered that message, right? The word of the, uh, the word of the Lord comes to Elijah. And, and so then he tells him, okay, I need you to, um, get away from there. I want you to go down, uh, go down and hide by the brook of Cherith, right? So we know that when he gets down there to the brook, he's still following instructions, right? He didn't have to worry about his food coming to him. Cause it tells us, right? He was fed by the brook, uh, the, the, he got his water, his drink through the brook, and he was fed by ravens, right? So Elijah is listening to, um, you know, the voice of the Lord. So once he obeyed, you know, the scripture also tells us Elijah obeyed the voice of the Lord um, and departed. While at the brook, he drank freely from the brook and was fed bread and meat twice a day by ravens. And I just picture that. I'm like, man, you know, he's just sitting there. He's like, well, lunchtime. And here comes the little raven just drop, you know, just dropping his food for him twice, uh, twice a day. So we may look at that kind of like now. 
I can say I could call any of the Uber Eats or any of the other places and have food, bam, right here, you know, within about 10 minutes. Use about 10 minutes. Um, it makes it once you put in the orders, but I guess, you know, that may depend on where you are. But, you know, when you look at that, you may say, man, you know, Elijah was all set up. Everything was good. But we also have to remember as we keep going through that passage, because there had been no rain, that brook eventually dried up, right? So that same way with us, everything seems like it's going smooth. Everything's fine, but then it dries up. The bottom drops out and we like, man, Lord, I need you to make a move, right? Uh, the, it's like, where's the blessings? You know, and you just go and you're just like, man, did the blessings stop flowing? Where did my oil go all of a sudden? So, you know, as that dried up for Elijah. So he probably was like, oh, man. So then God tells Elijah to go to the... Um, I don't want to mess this pronunciation up, Zarephath, for I've commanded a widow to take care of you for the rest of the famine, right? So now Elijah, he enters into the city and he finds the woman gathering sticks and he asks her for a drink, right? And then as she's getting the water, he also asks her to bring him something to eat, right? Still following God's instruction, right? So she tells him, for those of you that are familiar with the story, if you aren't familiar, you know, I'm just giving a... um run through of it here, but you can always go back and check the receipts because we don't add to the word. We don't take from it around here, right? So, you know, the widow tells him, I don't have any bread. All I have is a handful of meal in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And I'm going to use that meal and oil to make a little cake for me and my son. And then we're going to die, right? Why? There's a famine going on. She's like, this is the last of what I got. Now, here comes that point. Here comes that point, right? So Elijah could have listened to that. Hey, Tashita, glad to see you. Uh, at that point, Elijah could have said, man, Lord, you told me to come and talk to this widow. This woman don't even have enough food to feed herself. What is she going to do for me? But he knows that God's word has gotten him this far, right? So he's saying, you know what? I'm going to stay with you. He didn't panic. He, you know, he may have thought, mm, man. Mm, but he went on with it, right? How did he respond? He simply responded, that is well and good, but make me a small cake first and then make something for yourself. Now, Elijah tells her, if you do this, you will not run out of meal or oil until the Lord sends rain again, right? Elijah knew what God had spoken to him and didn't allow anybody to sway him. As I say, there is nothing you can do or say to convince me otherwise that the word of our God does not stand today. There's just nothing you can do or say. Mm -mm. No, it just ain't. I'm just telling you. So that's the same way Elijah, you know, tells her, uh, you know, if you do this, you will not run out. Trust what I'm saying. You have been talking to somebody and you're like, believe me, for real, for real. What's the young people now? So I say, I guess, since you know, before we'd be like, for real, but now they, they do it twice for real, for real, for real. And I'm like, oh, so I guess that's extra emphasizing it, right? The way some of the scripture says verily, verily. So we know that's the New Testament form of the superlative, right? Whereas in the Old Testament, you know, they said it three times, holy, 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 to signify superlative, the highest, you know, level 
that you can go there. So, uh, you know, when he's looking at this and it tells you, you will not run out. And he didn't look and say, man, this lady, she ain't even feeding herself. Ain't nothing she can do for me. Maybe this ain't the lady that God wanted me to speak to. He stuck with that. He didn't allow the circumstances to sway him, right? So we have to be that same way, right? When God is speaking to us, we can't let anybody persuade us differently. Have you ever went into a conversation? with a mindset, you know, you know what you're talking about, but because you listen to thing after thing, person after person, you start reading thing after thing and you start to realize, well, wait a minute, am I kind of picking up what they're saying? Am I kind of picking up their beliefs? You know, and you say, well, maybe I do want to start going over here and hanging out with this group of people. Maybe I want to, you know, start doing this. And then all of that goes left also, as they say, because we knew that we had our foundation. We knew the message that God has specifically given me. You knew the message, the word that God has specifically put on your heart. You knew the instruction, but you allowed man, you allowed flesh to sway you from that. But a lot Elijah was like, not today. I'm sticking with this one right here. So we have to be that same way. So the widow, she does as the prophet said, right? And what happened? Because of her obedience, every time she went to the bin, there was meal. They did not go hungry. She had food when others were dying, when other people are sitting in famine. Why? She was obedient to the man of God and gave him something to work with, right? She gave him something to work with. Elijah gave God something to work with by following his initial instruction, right? We know now is that time. We living in some crazy days, right? All of the things that we see going on. You pick up the newspaper, you pull up Google News, you pull it up and you're just like, my gosh, why did I even pull this up? This is disturbing, right? <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me, but I also say when I look at it, I look at it from the perspective of these are exciting days. And you might say exciting days, right? Because with everything that's going on, everything that's going in the world, any opportunity, an opportunity like what I have here to sit before you, the opportunities that Karen has to come on and share her word, you know, and all of the things that she teaches on and shares. Hey, Joan, hey, sister-in-law, that's the, this is the prime time, the, the great opportunities for us to be witnesses, right? That's the prime time. I am as soon as I pop off of here, Joan. I actually should have had it sitting here with me, but I actually just got water now. This is the greatest time, the greatest opportunities for us to be witnesses. As I taught on last week, our stories are his story. My testimony is God's story. That's the way of glorifying him, right? A lot of people in the world get frustrated get beat down. They start running, looking for other directions, right? They start looking in all the wrong places, whether it's drugs, alcohol, their jobs, material possessions, um, you know, sexual relationships, the government, whatever source that you go to looking for the answer. But as the, I know my answer is right over there in one of the 66 books. And I got several different versions of it that I can see just here in this peripheral, 
right? That's where it is. That's where the answers are. And you may say, well, how do you know? Because I tried, you know, several of those things on the list and I did not find the peace nor the answers, the peace of mind, the healing, anything that I needed in any of that outside world. I just did not. The answer is in Jesus. God wants us to take his message to the world. And again, as I taught on last week, our testimony is a way to glorify his message and to glorify his word. But then somebody may pose the question and say, well, God's omnipotent, isn't he? Right? Has that unlimited power. He's able to do anything, right? Isn't he able to do it exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask? Yes, he can. Mm-hmm. He sure can. But he needs something to work with. That's where we come in, right? We must be his hands that reach out into this hurting world, right? We must be his feet that get out into the hedges, the highways, the byways, and spread his message. We may have to walk away from those fleshly 99 and go after that one, as I say all the time. Sometimes we get so caught up in getting a crowd, getting a big following, but you may have to leave, set all that aside and be like, you know what? I'm about to leave y'all over here. This one right here, I'm going for this one. This is somebody that God loves. This is somebody that I see something in. There is something over their life. I'm going to speak to this person. I'm going to go see if I can share a little piece of my story, just a little taste of peace over there with them. Some, that's what we have to do, right? We must be his mouth to speak the words of love, not spewing hatred. You know, I saw, I kept seeing in my timeline, the incident that happened on Ryan Air. No, I did not share that. No, I did not for and I always say you can get the meat and bones of, of flesh in the comments forget watching the video don't even watch the video or look at the meme or the picture first just go into the comments and look at, at how people are talking to each other because you're behind the screen because you're behind a keyboard but you know that incident that happened there and I say my god who are we you know, the woman, she had a lot of restraint there. Hey, welcome, strong fight. But we must be his mouth to speak those words of love and encouragement, right? To those who are depressed, those are homeless, right? Those that are feeling less than, those that feel like they don't have a place, that they don't fit in. Your testimony, again, as I said last week, your story, you being that voice that's spreading the love, right? You giving some God something to work with, right? By spreading his message. Message, his word of love to that person. Those words from you may be that exact key to go into that lock and unlock that mental, emotional prison that someone has been sitting in. Amen, right? We must be the lights, a light so blinding that when you walk by, people like, Mm, mm, my goodness, what, what is it about you when you just go to speak and people are like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm feeling something here. We must be that light to shine before men that they may see our good works that what? glorify the father in heaven not the good works that say oh look at my house that i got from that look at my bugatti look at my five thousand dollar gucci bag look at my ten thousand dollars worth of louis vuitton luggage no not for any of those reasons so that they may see our good works and glorify what 
the Father in heaven. Put that in there, to glorify the Father in heaven. That's why we do what we do. That's why I do what I do, whether it's one of you on here, whether it's 10 of you, whether I got five on YouTube, whether I got three over on Facebook, I'm going to continue to move forward because it's not about the numbers. It's about glorifying God, bringing honor to his name, bringing more people into the fold, right? Hey, Marilyn, so glad to see you. That's what it's about, right? God is looking for someone to work with. I guarantee you that somebody is one of y'all, mm-hmm, one of y'all that's out there, mm-hmm, and some of you might say, I'm already doing it. Throw your hand up if you're already doing it, because that means you're going to go out and find somebody else to bring in to help you keep on doing it, right? But then we can look back at this, and just as Elijah, he could have said, lady, mm-mm, you cannot feed yourself. There is nothing you can do for me. But our first response, it, we have remember Elijah. His first response was an excuse. A response wasn't an excuse. His first response wasn't doubt. Saying, "Man, I think God sent me to talk to the wrong lady because she ain't got nothing. She barely got enough crumbs to feed her aunt or a small mouse." Nope, he did not waver. There was nothing that woman could have did or said to convince him otherwise that he was not properly obeying the instruction that God gave him. He gave God something to work with, right? So our first response may be to make excuses as to why we can't be used by God, why we can't follow God's instructions, right? But I here to tell you, all them excuses was nailed to the cross over 2,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's how that worked. All them excuses, bloop. Yep, nailed to the cross. That's what ex exactly where they went. God is looking for people who like Isaiah. Who knows what Isaiah said, right? I've taught on it before. Those of you that are in the group, right? God doesn't make mistakes. Come on, Karen. The, what did Isaiah say? I taught on this maybe about two and a half weeks ago, right? What did he say uh, in that passage? He said, here am I, send me. Who's willing to say, here am I, send me. I will be the hands for you, Father God, that reach out. I will be the feet to get out and do the leg for you. Father God, I will give you something to work with. That's what I'm going to do. And as I started out the beginning of this lesson, think about it like a stick shift. If you drive a stick shift, right? Now, manual. Sometimes, especially if you're sitting in rush hour traffic, that way you can just sit there with your foot on that breaking night or that thing. But you, if you're in that stick shift, you're moving it. You're moving it. You got to tell the car what to do. Sometimes you may be in first. And just like when that 18-wheeler was about to crunch me and I'm in second and I had to hurry up and shift, I said, uh-uh, forget three and four. I had to jump that thing on the five right? I had to manually shift that thing up. Sometimes that what we, that we have to do that. God requires that to give him something to work with. We have to put it into overdrive. And I was telling a friend of mine and it was clear as day. Y'all know I have conversations with him all day long. And, and I felt some type of way at first. If I'd have had some nice pearls, I would have clutched them like, did you just say that to me? I come on Monday through Friday and teach. Not only do I often teach in the group, but I'm out. You know, I'm in the prayer ministry. I'm doing all the list. Y'all know what God said to me? He said, you being a poodle about this thing. I need you to go out and be a bulldog with my word. That's what I need you to do. Mm -hmm. That's what he told me. And I said, a poodle? You mean everything that I'm doing? 
You consider this a poop? Yes, that's what he said to me, right? So, when y'all see this thing amped up to the next level, say, yep, mm-hmm, Torah done kicked it on up in the overdrive. I'm giving him something to work with because I know when I drop those prayers on him, when I drop the things on him, when I ask him to send those people my way, right, Sarah? That's what he told me. He said, a poodle. He said, you just being a little fluffy, cute poodle right now with this thing. I need you to go in and I need you to be a bulldog. I need you to go out and really go in on this work that I've charged you to do. And I was like, he just called me a poodle. I said, well, at least I hope I'm one of them cute groomed up poodles with the nice little tails and all of that stuff. I said, well, my gosh, well, I never, right? <laughs> I'm telling y'all, I felt some type of way, but I said, that's okay. I hear what you're saying, Lord. I hear what you're saying. Cause again, put the tornado i'm telling you joan y'all look out for it y'all look out for it and just a quick fi last five points here how can you go in and give god something to work with give him your gifts give him your talents give him your time don't give him that last little bit of time when you know you wore out some people are morning people some people are afternoon people some people are night owls me i've always been a night owl i remember my grandma saying clear as day gal go to bed go to sleep and i'm like but I ain't sleep. I just lay there. I've always been that way. This is the time of night when I'm hitting go live is when I hit my energy point. And you know, and I'm working on graphics. This is my time. This is my zone, right? So give him your time. We expect him to keep his word. He expects obedience. Come on, Marilyn. That's what I'm talking about. That's the key. That is one of the major keys right there. He expects obedience right he's given us the gifts he's given us the talents he's given us his time he's given us the energy right and that's all he requires is us to give it back and his word tells us exactly how to give him our gifts right how to use our talents to glorify him and again going back and finishing through on our time don't go in and try and say you know what I think I'm going to get up at 7 o'clock in the morning and go volunteer. When you know you ain't a morning person, you just going to get there and the people, nope, you just get one biscuit. Next, nope, one scoop of egg. You know, don't go do things in God's name at times, right? Give him your best. Don't go do things that are in his name and is his in his honor when you know that you aren't giving it your full enthusiasm your full energy that's just not how any of this works he don't appreciate that right so your gifts your talents your time your energy and your enthusiasm right the uh, productivity at its best this is what god requires and asks us asks of us every day just to give him our best and give it to where it glorifies his name each and every time like when Marilyn comes on there is no doubt there is no doubt that she is on there about kingdom business and she wraps it out every time with C B a every time there is no doubt what she's on there she just not on there for y'all to see her braids she just not on there for y'all to see her beautiful smile and her dimples and to talk about you know well just what she did throughout the day no she is on there in full energy right glorifying god right what is sarah saying I wanted it right. So to at least two biscuits, you know, people go volunteer at shelters or these places and they can just have a nasty demeanor about them because they're tired. They don't want to be there. They feel like somebody forced them to come in. Right. Don't go. Mm -mm. 
if you're doing it to glorify God's name, right, you always got to be about kingdom business. Make sure your attitude is in line with the purpose that you say that you're doing it, right? Because you can say that you're doing it to glorify God. But remember, God knows we can say anything to man with this, you know, little small vessel that's in our mouth, you know, this two-edged sword. But God knows our heart. We can lie to man and say, I'm just doing this on behalf of God. Sow a seed into me on behalf of God. But, but God really knows that on your heart, all you're thinking about is heading out to that Galleria Mall. All you're thinking about is heading. I just need 10 more people to sow a seed of $100 this morning. I can officially book my trip to Hawaii and sit back on. God knows. And he watching all of that stuff. He ain't playing. And y'all better quit it. Y'all better quit it for real. Mm-hmm. So that's my message for tonight. Make the shift. Give God something to work with. If you need to put that thing into overdrive, if you're just driving along right now, you got it in second gear, you may need to kick it up. Like my vehicle now, as I said in the beginning, right, we should have an attitude of gratitude. Um, as I said in the beginning, I'm driving a manual now, but it's got an overdrive button on it. So if I need to get with it up on 45, because it's Houston, and people do some different kinds of drive. We got our own set of rules and rule book of driving here. Mm-hmm. This ain't little Mayberry Town Drive. When I come out of what I call Mayberry in this little part that I live in, when I go inside of Houston, mm-hmm, I got to get with it. So sometimes I have to hit that overdrive button. So that's what we may have to do and give God something to work with. I love y'all. I truly, truly do. I hope you heard something that maybe said, hmm, I want to learn a little bit more about that again. Tonight's text came from 1 Kings 17 uh, verses 1 through 16. I will be back here tomorrow night. Mm, GDT time. Yep. God's divine time. Until then, walk good. Do good. Be good. All right. I love y'all. Tornado. I'm out of here. You all know the Torah. 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 Torah.